How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Oh, hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good buddy, Eric Moeller, on the show. Eric is the founder of Overnight Success and the host of Airbnb Mastery Summit, where he personally interviews top experts in Airbnb and short-term rentals and real estate from all around the world. He was born and raised to a blue-collar family in New Jersey. Eric got his first taste of real estate investing at an early age of 17 when he was mentored by a local investor. She taught him the ins and outs of real estate investing. By the age of 19, Eric had purchased his first property. Over the years, Eric went on to purchase, renovate, and sell hundreds of homes throughout New Jersey. In 2016, he made his move to sunny San Diego to launch Hometel, an Airbnb co-hosting, leasing, and investment company that specializes in hosting the most unique homes in the most unique parts of the world. Now has helped others make millions in their own short-term rental businesses. In this episode, we're going to dig into the book that got him started as an entrepreneur at 17, the biggest mistake that he made in over a decade worth of business in real estate, Airbnb, and all the others, uh, several hacks to start making thousands on Airbnb and short-term rentals today, and some of the biggest self-development tricks he uses to always be growing and scaling. Don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And obviously, if you've gotten any great value from these podcasts, do not forget to get the pre-sale version of our book at sidlickbook.com. Shit You Don't Learn in College is now available, and it's an absolute game changer. Everyone who buys the book is going to get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. So you'll want to head over to syd licbook.com now and check it out. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good buddy, Eric Moeller on the show. Eric, welcome to the show. Dude, thanks for having me. Absolutely, thanks man. Now, you've got uh, you, you've got plans to take over the world, which we'll That's probably, right. probably get to at some point. Um, but you've got a really cool uh, kind of story to how you got to this point with uh, with real estate and Airbnb. Mm. Um, for everybody who doesn't know you, I'd love for, I'd love for you to just kind of run through that with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, currently what, what we do is we're, we're in the Airbnb business. So we, um, we have two businesses. We do first company is called overnight success. That's an educational company. We help people scale short-term rental companies. Beyond yeah. a million dollars. Um, Short-term rental, meaning Airbnb, Airbnb, VRBO. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Airbnb and VRBO is just a platform. It's a marketing channel. Yeah. Uh, Short-term rentals is what you're doing, right? So yeah. you're renting it 30 days or less Okay. Um, to travelers, essentially. 
so we have that. That's been our focus for the last couple of years. Uh, and that's been freaking awesome, man. It's like global, you know, global company, growing companies all around yeah. the world right now, which is amazing. Well, we were talking about that because you're in Australia and, like, yeah. you know, we were talking about everything going on there because obviously Maddie's yeah. in on that and you actually have team down there and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. We have, uh, I would say 25, 35% of our, um, customer base is in Australia, which yeah. is nuts. Uh, head coach is down there. So yeah, it's cool, man. It's, you know, these online based companies are incredible. The amount of people that you can impact from around the world. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, overnight success is helping people get started and scale short-term rental Airbnb companies. Uh, we have a couple of different ways that we do that. And then, uh, more recently we're launching our new brand uh this is actually the first time i'm talking about it publicly uh usually <laughs> it's behind the, behind the scenes uh but we're launching a brand called free wild um and the concept there is we're acquiring uh land all around the country yeah. potentially around the world uh where we're going to develop out experience-based uh tiny home communities for travelers yeah specifically people like us so people who live in and around metro areas around the country who want to get into nature, disconnect from all this stuff and reconnect with what's important, family, yeah. friends, nature, health. Get into um, a tiny little home, be out right. in nature yeah. with the things that matter. It won't be too tiny because I'm freaking gigantic. I was going to uh, say, I'm fine with it. I'm travel size. Me <laughs> yeah. and Maddie are travel size. You are yeah, not. No, not at all. I, I call it tiny homes. It's more cabins, right? But <laughs> yeah. we, we're designing our own structure there. So yeah, that's what we're working on now. We're buying our first property. Um, or for, we're buying three properties uh, in two weeks from now and developing our first yeah. first project. The goal is to have, have these- Is this the place in Idlewild? Idlewild, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the goal is to have these around, around the country in and outside of national parks. Yeah. Um, and then just help people kind of get outside of the city away from all the chaos. Yeah. Detox from, you know, the technology and then have a cool experience in a property, a cool designed property, but then also access to nature. So you, you have this whole plan to own a bunch of property all mm -hmm. over the world and do these experiences. Like, obviously you didn't just start at this point. Yeah. Like how long have you been in real estate? How'd you get started? Like what caused this shift to, you know, these different methodologies? Yeah. So I got it. I got into real estate when I was 17. Um, really? Yeah. So I read. Were you Rich still in, still in high, high school? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a loose <laughs> term. <man. laughs> uh, technically I was there. Uh, Were you there there? <laughs> physically I wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I had, had a high school teacher, uh, Frank, who I'm still good friends with. Uh, gave me rich dad poor dad. That's and, amazing. Uh, I, I grew I grew up in a rough area and went to a rough school, and uh, I really connected with Frank. And um, he's like he's like here, man, like because he knew at that age I was like being introduced to like Amway and Quickstar and all this stuff. And he could he could tell that you had the entrepreneurial bug. Yeah. yeah. So at like sixteen, I joined like Quickstar. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, we can make money. Like this is awesome. Let's do that. So yeah, long story short, Frank gave me uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, read that book. Uh, first book I've ever read uh, outside of what they forced you to do. First book you've chosen to read. Chosen to read, yeah. yeah. Um, and it talks about real estate and creating financial freedom through real estate. And uh, I grew up in a family that was in construction, right? Yeah. So my dad had a side job, side business doing con working on houses and my whole town was a blue collar town. So we grew up working on properties. Yeah. So uh, it was only natural for me to try to find a house that I can renovate and then flip yeah. and make money. So first property I ever bought was uh, 19. 
uh, leveraged my dad's credit and 110 percent did, did he know that you leveraged yeah, his yeah, credit yeah. okay just, yeah, make, convinced, just, make, just making sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah i convinced him this was uh this was at the time this is right before the market crash of 2008 yeah. um and this is why it crashed because they gave a 19 year old kid a mortgage <laughs> to go buy a five hundred thousand dollar house oh, geez, right yeah. it's crazy yeah um <clears throat> But that was a, that was a big learning lesson. You know, we bought properties, renovated them, flipped them, used the profits to buy another house and turn yeah. that whole thing. Market crash. We lost everything. I lived in a garage for a while. Uh, this is now after high school, obviously. Um, and then turned that into another business where I was helping other people out of foreclosure. Yeah. And that turned back into a development business. So... I've been in real estate. You've, you've done since a high lot of the different parts of real estate. A little estate bit of everything time, in real yeah. estate. Yeah. What what led to eventually going into the the short term <clears> rental <throat> space? Yeah. So actually, um, the second house we ever bought was in Wildwood, New Jersey, um, which is a short market, and we bought it turnkey property to rent out. When you say short market, you mean short term? No, I'm sorry, like uh, beach market. You know, short like, market. Yeah, 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 like beach market. Um, so we bought the property to rent out, uh, through the summer. Cause that's what yeah. we do in Jersey, make a bunch of money doing that. Uh, and this was before Airbnb. So it rent yeah. out on Craigslist and VRBO yep. and stuff like that. Uh, so I was familiar with it and I enjoyed that process of creating an experience in the hospitality side mm -hmm. of running short-term rentals. Um, long story short, few years of doing developments, apartment buildings, all this stuff. Uh, I found myself in a really shitty business partnership. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I got to a point where I kind of left the business. My partners bought me out of my equity in that real estate company. And, uh, this is six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that time I was like going deep into what my lifestyle is now, books, podcasts, um, courses, masterminds. You, you, be, you became the lifestyle self-development junkie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a friend who, uh, Randy from New Jersey, who moved out to San Diego uh, to build a lifestyle business. And he yeah. invited me out right around this time. And I came out to PB. Yeah. And uh, he, he was living on the Bay. And I was just watching his lifestyle. I'm like, what the hell am I doing living in Jersey, <laughs> working on these like smelly houses yeah. and with these horrible people, like partners just turned out to be horrible individuals. Um, so, yeah. So... Before before we go further, I do I do want to hit on that. I, I think you probably learned some very valuable lessons from having a quote unquote horrible partnership. Yeah. Like what yeah. what's maybe one or two of the biggest lessons you learned from that that we we might be able to prevent somebody else from making yeah. the same mistake. Don't partner with people. <laughs> it's Listen. expand on that yeah, because yeah, yeah, because course. I think that can be taken a lot of different ways. I actually say the same thing to yeah. those people. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people that say like, oh, you want to, you want to find partners that are really good at the things that you aren't good at and this and that. And one of the, one of my mantras has been most of the time you're partnering because you're scared to figure it out yourself. 100%. Right. 100%. I was just about to say that. And what, what I mean, because I have a partner, Jasper, mm -hmm. in overnight success, and he's uh, going to be my partner in free wild as yeah. well. So it's like, it took a long time, but we are, we're a solid partnership yeah. and it took a long time to really cultivate that. Um, so that's my exact point. The reason why I partnered with these people and gave up everything is because they were high wealth individuals who saw an opportunity of what I was building. They wanted a piece of it yeah. and I was too scared 
I'm like, ah, I need help. I don't have money. I don't know what I'm doing. These people know what they do, you know, what they're yeah. doing. If only I could bring on the partner, this one thing is going to be easy for me. So it was literally like it was you trying to find a shortcut and it ended up screwing oh, it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to do what I was doing in real estate, you need a lot of money. Yeah. You need financing, all that stuff. These are individuals that, you know, put up three to five million dollars mm -hmm. and said like they first started as my investors. So I would pay them a portion pay them uh, high interest on their money. And then yeah. it came to, hey, we have a lot more money, but we want to partner with you yeah. on what you're doing. We can bankroll you. So, oh, okay, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, and then I gave up 50% of the company. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, to talk, like, to talk about that, most people partner with people based out of fear or impatience, right? Yeah. Two is like 90% of the things that we want to bring a partner on for, we can hire somebody to do that. Yeah. Right. And we just have to be patient through the process and have the faith in yourself to actually get it done. Which is, which um, is easier said than done. Oh, dude, it's yeah. so difficult. Yeah. But I mean, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is like you have to go down those journeys. You yeah. have to, yeah. you have to face that challenge to create what you want to create, like to do what you guys are doing. Like it takes a lot to do that and it gets to a point where it can become easy. Um, but there's, there's so many moments in business where it's, you know, terrifying and uncertainty yeah. and, and the idea of like, Oh, I could just bring this part partner with this person and it's just going to be easy. Make it easy. Right. Yeah. That never happens. <laughs> never happens. No such thing. No such thing. I think, so this is, I mean, the book, Good to Great. Yeah. Right. They talk about how a good CEO visionary is paired with a good operator mm -hmm. or uh, implementer. Right. Yeah. Those relationships are so freaking rare. And it goes back to what you were just saying of like finding somebody who has different skill sets than you do. Like we all know that we read that in all the books. We hear about that. But finding and cultivating and maintaining those relationships as you grow is the most difficult part. Yeah. So it's like take your time with partnering with people. With Free Wild, we have so many people that want to lend money and join and partner and do all these things. And we're just saying no to everybody because we're, we're patient. Less less about the need of the money and everything else. It's like more about like the personalities, the everything else that comes yeah. along with it. Yeah. There's, a, I mean, there's so much to go into yeah. that. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's not the money when it, whenever there's a quick fix, I now go away from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I love, I love that. I wish, I wish more people would like take that mentality. If it seems like it's a quick fix and it's yeah. probably the easy way out, it's cause it probably is. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's and that's that's with everything now. And I, I tend to have that mindset, even like with Bitcoin, when Bitcoin was going through yeah. the roof and everybody was in it. I was like, man, I just it's a game I don't want to play right now because the returns are just too insane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, real estate now, we're very cautious on what we're buying because the market's insane. It's a little bit unclear. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I love that. So so you said six years ago now you leave that partnership and then you start your own thing. Yeah, so I uh, cashed. I left a lot of money on the table. Uh, we had a lot of projects going on. I left a lot of equity on the table. Took uh, took took a payout and uh, jumped in my car. Sold everything. Jumped in my <laughs> car and drove to San Diego. And, good call. Yeah, good choice. Good city. Yeah, man. Uh, and moved into uh, the entrepreneur house. Nice. Um, down in uh, Mission Beach or Mission Hills. Um, but the idea, so to go back to the question of how I got into Airbnb is as I was traveling, going to all these events, I started staying at Airbnbs. And yeah. when I got here, San Diego, down in PB, uh, I was staying in the back house and the owner, 
or the host was living in the front house. And mm -hmm. I started talking to him. He's like, yeah, this is what we do full time. I'm like, what do you do full time? Yeah. He's like, oh, we have the Airbnb here. Down the road, we have another Airbnb. We uh. live here for free. So I started asking him, I'm like, and I started thinking, I'm like, oh, I got to buy some property to do this. And he's like, no, we actually rent here. We, we don't rent own it. Out, yeah. We rent it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it took a while for me to understand that you can rent somebody else's home with their permission and put it on Airbnb and make money above yeah. your cost. Yeah. And as soon as he told me that, I was like, I don't have to buy properties. I don't have to worry <laughs> about financing. I don't need partners. I got some cash. Uh, let's go rent some properties. Yeah. Um, so I rented a house, put it on Airbnb, made 2K. So can, yeah, can you, can you explain, yeah. maybe run through some of those numbers. So this first house that you rent, yeah. you rent for, you know, a certain amount and then you end up renting, you end up Airbnb in it for a little bit more. Like, yeah. What are those numbers like? Yeah. So I met a, I met a real estate investor out here, uh, Justin, who really believed in the vision of what I was trying to build. And he bought a fourplex in, um, Man, I'm forgetting the town, but it's like it's not luxury San Diego. Yeah, this is yeah east from here. Uh, he's like, hey man, I'm willing to try this out with you. So I rented a two bedroom, one bath condo or apartment from him that was just renovated. I forget the exact amount. I just remember how much money I made above rent. Uh, the first month was two grand above all my expenses. Wow. So, I was so, like, this so is crazy. potentially you were, you rented it out for 2K or something, something. like that. Yeah. It was like and 2 then to 3K. Plus 500 bucks for all the other expenses. And yeah. then you Airbnb it for 4,500. Right. Yeah. So, like, after all the expenses, we made just around 2K the first month. Yeah. Um, I was like, this is amazing. Like, Let's do it again. So on <laughs> Let's try more. Yeah. yeah. On average, we were making anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 a month on that one condo. And I was putting, or apartment, and I was putting, I think I put about $5,000 worth of furniture into the property. Mm -hmm. um, and I was putting about two to three hours a week into managing it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. So, and, and like to compare the numbers, like prior to that, I was buying apartment buildings back in New Jersey where we were making two, three, four hundred dollars per unit yeah. per month. Yeah. And you had, I mean, these are huge purchases and a lot that goes into them. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the easiest things I've ever done to make $2,000 consistently. And you didn't month. have to own the place. Didn't have to own it. Uh, yeah. Which is crazy. Like, yeah. and that's, you know, talking about, you know, shit that you don't learn in college, like arbitrage, like. You can build, you can create a multi-million dollar company using other people's assets. Just by being the middleman, essentially. Literally. It's like creating value for people, right? And it's like, and we see this, we see it with Toro, we see it with, um, you know, just the share and gig economy as a whole. Mm -hmm. But Airbnb, like over the last, at that time, people were just figuring that out. Yeah. And then it just spawned into what it is now where, you know, there's hundreds of millions of dollars in these models yeah um so how's thousands of units yeah how's how's that changing now the airbnb or the short-term rental space i should say yeah so we you know we scaled that model um to just under 100 units here in san diego yeah. and we were making anywhere between 800 dollars and four thousand dollars per property per wow. month right so like the money was there was incredible money to be made a couple of challenges started coming up uh, obviously I wasn't the, the first one to figure that out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. everybody was figuring it out at the same time. So overnight we watched massive companies and genius entrepreneurs figure out how to leverage this on a big scale. Yeah. 
Um, so we had the mom and pop investors like me or operators like me. And then you have the big institutional investors that come in. That see, see an opportunity to go straight for it quick. And instead of renting one or two apartments, they rent an entire apartment building. Yeah. You know, 30 floors and turn the entire building into a Airbnb hotel. Wow. Right? So that caused a lot of problems. That caused uh, um, competition. Obviously, uh, so the rates of what you were, what you can charge, started dropping because the amount of competition. Yep. Two is regulation. I was going to say some some uh, legal, right? Yeah. So buildings started fighting against the town, cities, states, um, and then at the end of it, we have COVID. COVID comes through. What's that? Uh, it's this thing. It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's a thing. I don't, I don't know. It's this thing. Something happened. Yeah, it's a yeah. thing. We, we can talk about that on another podcast. As well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so COVID came through and what we watched is everybody who had the, uh, the rental arbitrage model, not, I shouldn't say everybody, a majority of people that were in the rental arbitrage model went belly up because wow. they have no assets. It's purely debt. Yeah. Right. You, you owe rent, you owe, you have furniture and now you have zero travel. Yeah. Right. Where the management model, what I teach now is there's no debt going into it. You're partnering with somebody who owns real estate. You run the Airbnb process and then you share the profits, the revenue at the end of the month. Got it. So you're, you're almost like, yeah, you're basically like helping this person run their Airbnb. Yeah. They don't have to know anything about it. No, they, they're hands off. Yeah. Which is, which is better. So, you know, you earn 20, 30% of revenue. Um, but now you're able to really expand this without putting any, without the worry, without the liability that you really need. Exactly. That's amazing. So that's, that's where the big shifts are coming, you know, coming into the industry. Also the big shifts in the industry are people. They don't want to be in cities anymore. Yeah. Everybody wants their space. They want to breathe. They don't, they don't want to be told what to do yeah. anymore they you can't you can't go outside yeah you know yeah all the stuff all the regulations people yeah. want to breathe right and like literally it comes down to that so everyone's going inward into the center of the country here in the state so all yeah. the uh nature locations mountains lake lake towns deserts all of that stuff beach areas are very very popular right now yeah so those inner markets where you know, Idlewild is a small mountain town that most people don't really know about. Yeah. You know, especially here in San Diego. It's two hours from here. Now it's like you can't find Airbnbs there. It's 90, 100% occupied. Right. Wow. So that's the movement that we're going into is uh, creating experiences for the people that want to leave the metro areas, connect with nature, um, and enjoy it. Nice, know? man. Yeah. So I, I want to go back. I want to go back to the, the management model a little bit because I think. You know, we have a lot of entrepreneurial minded people listening to this podcast. Like what would it take for somebody to get started in that? And I know, I know you've got some starting like assets yeah. and courses that you guys can give out to. So I'd want to make sure that they have access. To yeah, that for well. sure. But, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, f- the first thing is like, if you want to get into Airbnb, know that it is a hospitality business, right? And there's a lot that comes along that's with a, that. It, yeah. So it's hospitality, not necessarily real estate. It's real estate, like hospitality first, real estate second. Exactly. Hospitality first, right? Because it's like, if you don't create a good experience, we've all had horrible Airbnb experiences. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. Right? And it's like, if that is the standard behind your business, if you go into this thinking it's just about a money thing, you're going to kind of miss the whole point of the whole short-term side. That's helpful. But make sure that you love people. Yeah. (laughs) And you want to create experiences. 
Um, but two, it's like, if you're, if you want to get into Airbnb, management is the best way. If you can't buy a property, management is the best way. And what we do is we focus, we tell people to focus on finding real estate investors in your marketplace who have turnkey properties where you have, um, an influx of travelers, people who want to travel to your marketplace. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, putting that deal together with them where you run the property and at the end of the month, you guys split up, yeah, split up cash flow. So, yeah, we have a handful of different things. Like, we help people get started essentially for free on how to get their first Airbnb. And then once you're ready to scale it, that's where we step in with overnight success to really help. That's that where the complications set. come from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where you got to focus on building a real business. Yeah. Right. Super um, cool. Do, yeah. you, do you have to have any money to get started on that? It sounds like you just need to be not really, no. right people. Yeah, not yeah. really. Um, so that that idea that you have to have money to make money, like this is literally yeah. what we're talking about here. Like you can arbitrage other people's assets, other people's money to go make, you're going to help them make money, Yeah, but you're going to make money as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the you know, the first management property I took on was a, uh, a multi-million dollar property in Escondido. And uh, at that time... I didn't want to put any more money into properties because I was leasing up all these homes. Yeah. And I'm like, there's, I just can't do this anymore. I was over leveraged. Um, so the owner came to me and said, Hey, I'm willing to rent you the property. I said, well, how about we partner on this? I'll yeah. take 30%. You take 70. Uh, and by the way, if you, if you partner with us, you have to write us a $1,500 check for tech for setup. So yeah. I was able to get paid 1500 bucks and that went into my virtual assistants to do all the back end. Get everything yeah. all taken yeah. care of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, you don't necessarily need money. It's helped. It helps, but uh, you don't need money to get it. You need, you need some hustle. Well. You need hustle. You need some right education, right? So we have a podcast as well. We have uh, you know, a blog. We have all this stuff to help on the startup side. Because um, And then once you decide like this is your business and you want to grow it, that's when you need money to invest in yeah. teams and systems and everything else. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, obviously, being in real estate, going through several ups and downs in businesses, like what's what's maybe one of the biggest mistakes you've made as an entrepreneur? Hmm. That's a good question. One of the biggest. Uh, uh, if you want to go through a whole list, you're more than, oh, you're more than welcome to, man. List. <laughs> I got a whole list. Um, I... You know, honestly, I think everything's, you know, easier to look back at, right? Um, and say, like, I would have done this differently or would have done this differently. I'm definitely in the mindset of, like, every single challenge is there. Like, I'm a big follower of uh, Jocko Willick. And yeah. his whole thing is good. Yeah. Right? Like, if there's a problem, good. Because that gives you the opportunity to learn, grow, fix yeah. it. So that's really where my mindset's at, and it's been like that for a while now. But looking back, well, let's let's frame it as what's the biggest good that you got to yeah, learn from that? I like that. I like that. Yeah, uh, I think looking back is like the uh, the belief in myself that I can create what I want to create. Yeah. Right. And I think as a visionary, it's challenging for us to believe that what we're thinking about could actually come true. It's not batshit crazy. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think for many years, I, I, um, stunted my growth in business because of lack of belief in myself to take and take fast action in yeah. my business. Right. Cause I could talk about yeah. the horrible mistakes I made with business partners, with partnership and everything else and yeah. like investing in the wrong coaches and doing all these things. But at the end of it, it's like, they're really not mistakes. These are learning lessons for sure. And it helped me build what I'm building now. And the one thing that I wish I 
what can go back and like put more focus and energy into is the belief in myself to actually uh, grow what I was growing back then. Yeah. Cause I'm sure you remember this too, man. Like in the early stages of starting a business, um, it's freaking terrifying. Oh, absolutely. It's terrifying. You have no money. If, if I tell everybody, like when I, when I tell people, they're like, do you guys like guess, like how often do you think I wanted to quit my business that first year? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And everybody's like, Oh, like I bet it came to you once or twice. I'm like, I woke up every fucking day, every day, every, every day, day and wanted to quit. Cause I was so scared. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, man. Uh, and that happened to me for like three, three years. Yeah. Three, four years. Which and is it still comes which is, up. And it still comes up, yeah. which is crazy for a lot of people to think about, yeah. right? And they like, they're like, oh yeah, but now you make millions of dollars and you right. do this and you live here and you drive this. And it's like, yeah, but like I had to listen to that little bitch Xander in the back of my head for years saying, and, you should probably quit. This is yeah. not going to work. Dude, I was, I was thinking about this. This is the crazy part. Like I, I learned for myself that I thrive in times of stress, like at times of uncertainty that is when I thrive. Yeah. So when COVID hit, like I know as terrible as it is for our society, for the planet, for the current situation that we're in, it was one of the biggest blessings for me. Yeah. Because I was forced to make a decision. Sometimes we have to be forced to decide where we're going. And I was forced to either go all in on my business or fold up right then and there. We're in the hospitality business. Travel stopped, right? We're over leveraged. We're in the events business now. We can't do events. I'm like, holy crap, what do we do? Do we quit? Do we file bankruptcy? Or do we go all all in? Like my partner, Jasper, what he said to me was, uh, he's like, yeah, we can quit right now because we have no money. We have all this debt and we have no idea how to make money right now. (laughs) And we have no idea if the world's going to open up anytime soon. Uh, Or we can go all in and try to figure out how to help people stay in business, which will help us stay in business. And if we fail at that, we're still in this place where we're at now. So at least might, you try. Might as well take a chance. I yeah. was like, and that's all I needed. I was like, go, man, let's yeah. do this. And it turned into what we're doing now, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, going back to that point is like the fear that, dude, I remember when I first moved out here, even with these Airbnbs going and it was the educational company was starting to grow because nobody was really talking about Airbnb back then mm-hmm. as a business model. I remember sitting in the entrepreneur house, literally on the floor, shaking back and forth in terror of like, I have no more money. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no team. I haven't slept in days. Who knows how long? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know if this is a terrible, like this was a terrible idea. I should have stayed in the partnership. I could have owned all this real estate by now. Um, so it goes, dude, it, it's a, that roller coaster is real, but that belief system of if I can go back and say like, work on the belief system and the discipline and the practices that I have now in my life. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have, yeah, I, I think that the process, the journey would have been a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I know you and I kind of talk about like some routines and habits that we keep, like what's maybe, what's maybe something that you do knowing that you're a self-development junkie and a, and yeah. a Jocko willing fan. <laughs> um, knowing knowing like what you know now maybe what's something that you do that most people don't do that's allowed Mm. you to be successful Mm. that's a good question that's why i asked it thank you for asking (laughs) (laughs) uh man um i don't know there's so many different things that we that we do i well i i say the biggest impact that i had on my product productivity on my the, the belief system on everything is literally getting eight hours of sleep 
Huh. Eight hours you mean, of sleep. You mean like the whole four hours of sleep is not is not a good thing Doesn't for everybody? Doesn't work, man. Yeah, Doesn't I love, work. I love that. But I think a lot, of, a lot of people think, you know, they think like, I don't know if this is because of Gary Vee. Gary's just like grind, 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 work like yeah. 47 hours a day or... There's like, people like that, right? And it's like, that's just, that's not me. So yeah. I guess like breaking well, that down I've, further. I've found, because uh, this is actually a question we ask pretty regularly. I found that most people that are successful actually get seven, eight, or even nine hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, from everybody I study, everyone that, and like for me that to have the biggest impact on what I'm doing is getting sleep. And it's crazy. The reason why I bring this up is I, I was talking to someone yesterday who was completely stressed out. He yeah. hates his job, working insane amount of hours for a job he hates, has a second job that doesn't really have any growth, but is bringing in income. He's got one kid now, another kid on the on the way, right? And he's just completely stressed out with everything. And he wants to get out of it, but he can't figure out the first step to take. And I'm just talking to him. You see the, the bags under his eyes, and he's just complaining, complaining, complaining. I'm like, dude, how much sleep have you gotten? He's yeah. like, oh, I get like three, four hours a night, Jeez. if that. And, uh, you know, he's just constantly going. He's watching TV. He's doing all this stuff. I'm like, if we all just focus on slowing things down yeah. and just getting sleep and taking care of our bodies, all these other things will actually start being easier to deal with. Well, you, you brought up a really good point, right? Like a lot of the times... You know, it, let's say we're in a nine to five, we come home from our nine to five, we're stressed out by our nine to five. So we have a glass of whiskey or a glass of wine. We turn on Netflix to try and like disconnect from how much we hate yeah. this job. And then we end up doing that or scrolling social media too late. We end up not getting to sleep until later, waking up tired, pounding coffee, and then you can't sleep the next day. And it's just right. this crazy cycle. It's like, you just got to break that cycle at some point. It's difficult. It for sure is difficult, but you know, it's, that is, to me, that's, uh, where the magic is really made, right? Like yeah. if you can face those things that are not helping you grow and break through them. And what that is, is the mental discipline to stick with it. Right. So yeah. at, at the end of the day, everything that we're talking about is discipline. Yeah. Right. So the discipline to drink, I, I bring this everywhere, discipline yeah. to drink a gallon of water a day, right? Yeah. Like that changed everything for me. No more headaches. I'm yeah. not tired anymore. So many people think that I need to drink caffeine because I'm tired. And it's like, if you went and had a glass of water. Yeah. It uh, changes everything. You would actually <laughs> stop being tired. Yeah. changes everything, man. Yeah. I mean, dude, we can unpack so much of this. <laughs> like, there, there was a point in my life where I was 300 pounds, extremely overweight. Wow. Battling so many different health issues. And it was because I was living that life. I was up, up all night at the bars. I was not sleeping, not drinking uh, water, not, not putting any focus into my health. And everything around me was a mess. Yeah. Right. But the moment I made that switch of the discipline behind uh, eating the right foods, getting enough sleep, surround myself with incredible people who yeah. think, uh, who think and talk from a level that is from from a growth level. Yeah. Right. Like that's everything. It's like yeah. you gotta if you want to change, you gotta change everything in your in your sphere. And I know people listening to this are like, where do I start? It's like. That's why I always say, like, start with the discipline of sleep. Yeah. If you can build that in, you're going to feel better. And you're going to start to make better decisions. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, obviously, I know you've got plans to take over the world. Yeah. What? <laughs> so confidently. Just yes. Uh, what would you define success as for you? Hmm. Or in general, either. What is success? Um... 
really think, you know, obviously success to, to everybody is different, right? Like yeah. success to Elon Musk is dying on Mars. Yeah. Right? Like building, what I mean is like building, putting humans on Mars, yeah. right? Which is crazy. That's success to him. You know, success to, you know, our, to a family member that we know is raising a healthy family, right? Because yeah. she didn't have that stuff. So health, I, success is different for everyone, for sure. <clears throat> I think it's like being able to, this is a cliche saying, but truly enjoying the journey of what we're on. Because it's, the more I get into this stuff and the more stuff I achieve in business and in life and health and all this stuff, I recognize it's not the actual freaking thing. Yeah. And like we've read about all this stuff in yeah. books growing up. Like, it's, ah, it's different to read it and then you go experience it. Yeah. You're like, okay, I get it. You're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, your, your car doesn't make you happy. Or yeah, sure, all the, your millions don't make you happy. Yeah, right. But like once you start achieving this stuff, you recognize like, oh, the journey of me being able to go from 300 pounds to 200 pounds and getting eight hours of sleep and being surrounded by incredible people, yeah. having these conversations, impacting people from around the world. Like the journey of discovering that for me is success and like being able to maintain that. And yeah. it's so easy to fall into the easy things in life, right? Yeah. Of alcohol and partying, staying up late and just like, you know, whatever, whatever that is, it's yeah. easy to do that stuff. I, I thrive in being able to maintain the hard things in life that are actually having an impact on me, my family, community, people around me. So oh, man. Yeah, I don't know if there's one thing in there that we can dial that into, but that's that's where my mind's at. I think like, I think there's plenty it. of things in there. Yeah, yeah that's awesome, um, dude. This has been super helpful. Where can where can people learn more about you, your adventures, overnight success? Yeah. You know, if they're looking to start a in a, uh, an Airbnb or short term rental. Uh, business where can they get some of those resources dude actually crazy thing is because of you i'm now tiktok famous <laughs> <laughs> which i never set out to do you're I mean, welcome I you're welcome tiktok yeah which is crazy uh but yeah tiktok is like now our new thing where i'm i'm creating content every day about what we're doing and That's thousands so of people are seeing it so if, if someone's on tiktok follow me there eric d moeller um but yeah overnight success.io is our website you'll find everything Perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, man. Thanks a ton. Definitely go check him out on TikTok. His stuff's very entertaining. I have seen it. Um, and check out OvernightSuccess.io. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, do not forget to check out the pre-sale of our book, Open Now. Uh, go to SidlickBook.com to check out the shit you don't learn in college book. We're giving away about $3,000 uh, worth of training and uh, programs for free. So go grab the pre-sale, S-Y-D-L-I-C-Book.com. And I'll see you guys over there. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.